believe it will also be a great encouragement. Let's go to the word of God today. The book of Acts chapter 28. Book of Acts chapter 28. And we're going to begin verse number one. Book of Acts chapter 28. And we're going to begin verse number one. And it's amazing because uh, I was actually not scheduled to preach today. I was scheduled to be fed today. Pastor Josh was going to cover today. And I was going to just receive. But in light of us moving to a virtual format, uh, the Lord gave me a word to encourage the people of God. And we thank God for it. Acts chapter 28, verses 1 through 6. Here begins the reading of God's holy and eternal word. After we had reached safety, we then learned that the island was called Malta. Some translations would say Melita. Okay. And notice here, the natives showed us unusual kindness since it had begun to rain and was cold. They kindled a fire and welcomed all of us around it. Acts 28 verses 1 through 6. Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks, a bundle of brushwood, and was putting it on the fire. When a viper, driven out by the heat, fastened itself on his hand. And when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, This man must be a murderer, though he has escaped from the sea. Justice has not allowed him to live. He, however, shook off the beast. He, however, shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. He shook off the beast into the fire and suffered no harm. They were expecting him to swell up or drop dead. But after they had waited a long time and saw that nothing unusual had happened to him, they changed their minds to say that he was a God. Father, in the name of Jesus, here we are. I pray that you would send us a word that will bring healing and wholeness to our circumstance, that will bring deliverance and transformation, and that will enable us to move in the fullness of what you have established and ordained. We give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to use for a subject this morning based off of verse number five. And he shook off the creature into the fire, shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. I want to talk to you this morning from the subject, shake it off, shake it off, shake it off. Uh, if you're ready for this word, just type in and say, I'm ready. Shake it off. It was Dr. Eugene Peterson, Dr. Eugene Peterson, the author and the architect of what we now know as the message bible or the message translation that began to 
uh, declare and begin to articulate and begin to utter uh, to us. He said something that was so deeply profound, and I don't want to allow its profundity to cause us to miss uh, the point. Dr. Eugene Peterson said that people are not problems to be solved, but mysteries to be explored. People are not problems to be solved, but mysteries to be explored. And I want to take some time with that. I think it is so significant and it is so important that people are not problems to be solved, but mysteries to be explored. I want you just for a moment, just for a moment, lay your hand on your heart and just declare that with me, that I am not a problem to be solved, but a mystery to be explored. Uh, there are some things in our lives that don't always make sense. There are moments in which we encounter challenges and circumstances, Chelsea, uh, that will sometimes cause us to question the validity of our lives. There are moments in our journey in which we will experience circumstances and situations that will sometimes cause us to ponder, where is God? Have you ever been in a moment in which you were wondering, where is God? Where is God when my loved one uh, that I prayed and cared for and believed God for healing and God answered me in a different way than I expected? Where is God when the mundane, uh, the messy uh, things that I did not anticipate uh, began to so circumvent my life that I'm not really sure what looks what next looks like where is God when a decision needs to be made and I have multiple really good decisions to make uh, how do we discern the will of God and the mind of God when life doesn't make sense when uh, to, to be a bit colloquial when the math ain't mathin', when uh, things are not always uh, coming into that which God is calling us to be and to do I believe that it's important for us to remember that we are not problems to be solved, but mysteries to be explored. And that in moments of challenge, in moments of chaos, calamity, and confusion, God speaks to us right where we are. There is a word for someone this morning that has been trying to navigate, glory to God, trying to figure out how do I get out of this season of shipwreck that I've been in. The book of Acts invites us into an opportunity to come and to understand how God begins to move through his church. Some have argued that it is the book of the Acts of the Apostles. Others would say, like the late Dr. Caesar Clark, that it is the book of the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. I like the latter term, the acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. I'm going to take my time with this now. I'll build my case. The acts of the apostles, the acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. Why? Because it was not in the apostles themselves. It is not in the pastors, the bishops, the prophets, the ministers themselves. It is through the power of the Holy Spirit that transformation comes. And beloved brothers and sisters, uh, ladies and gentlemen, one of the challenges of the 21st century is that we tend to think that we can change people. And I want to give you a news flash today. We can't change nobody. 
There is no one that we're able to change in and of ourselves because it is only the work of the Holy Ghost. It is only the work of the Spirit of God that will bring true change, healing, and transformation. And so we need God to move in our lives. Won't you right now just type it in and declare it where you are. I need God. We need God to move in our circumstances. We need God to move in our situations. We need God to move when things are not always articulate or clear. We need God to circumvent and navigate the challenges that are in front of us. And when we look at Acts chapter 28, we come to the end of the book of Acts. And I want to teach this before I preach this. And I really sense a prophetic word today, and so I'm going to just flow a bit. When we understand the book of Acts, first of all, it chronicles two particular ministries. First, the ministry, <clears throat> first, the ministry of Peter. Secondly, the ministry of the Apostle Paul. First, we see the ministry of Peter articulated in Acts chapter verse chapter two, all the way to about chapter ten. In Acts chapter 1, we see the ascension as Jesus begins to share with them uh, infallible proofs concerning the kingdom of God. And then he begins to ascend and they wait for the promise of the Holy Ghost. Uh, in Acts chapter 2, we begin to see that 120 are in the upper room and there's an outpouring of the spirit and 3,000 souls are saved. However, in Acts chapter 3, we begin to see that they go uh, and we see the story begin to evolve and change. But from Acts chapter 2 to chapter 10, we primarily see the ministry of Peter. After around chapter 9 and chapter 10, chapter 10, we begin to see that there's a vision that Peter has in Cornelius' house. Thank you. I'm going to take my time. There's a vision that Peter has in Cornelius' house. And in chapter 10, you know I love the word. In chapter 10, we begin to see that he has a vision of multifaceted animals. And this is an interesting vision because as a Jew, it would be disgraceful for him to deal with animals that were considered unclean. And he receives a voice from heaven that says at Simon the Tanner's house, I was blessed to go there when I was in Israel several years ago. And he said, rise, Peter kill and eat. And Peter responds and says, no, Lord, these are unclean things. And he said, rise, Peter, kill and eat. It was a metaphor for what was to come. And so we understand that what God was trying to show Peter is that he was going to move. He was going to move in the hearts and minds of men and women that did not look like, act like, smell like, talk like, or eat like him. And so God was changing the paradigm of the church to move not just to a Palestinian, Israeli context, but to a Gentile context of those in need. And so the narrative of the story begins to change from the ministry of Peter in Acts chapter 1, chapter 2 through 10 to now the ministry of Paul in chapter 11 through 28. It is in this ministry of Paul that we begin to see three missionary journeys. Bishop, why are you going this way? Because I want us to understand the story, right? Uh, it is three missionary journeys as God begins to strategically move Paul around. He is reasoning in the synagogues and in the public spaces, allowing them to understand who God is. And so first of all, in the ministry of Peter, we see God touching the hearts. And I want you to get this. But in the ministry of Paul, we see God touching the head. 
It was not enough. It's not enough just for us to allow the Lord to touch our heart, but we also must allow the Lord to touch our heads. And so Paul was intellectual. Paul was insightful. Paul was a robust theologian. It is why we see uh, in the epistles, the Pauline epistles, the prison epistles, doctrine being shaped, doctrine being formed that enables us to understand the heart of the scriptures. When we come to the gospels themselves, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the gospels teach us how to worship Christ. But when we understand the epistles, the epistles teach us doctrine. The epistles teach us what we believe. And so it is not just God wanting to touch our hearts, but he also wants to touch our heads. And I want to submit to you today, hallelujah, that the enemy is after your head. He's after your mind. And that's why we have to make sure we must allow our minds, let our minds to be in Christ. Because when our minds are in Christ, we're able to stay steadfast. And so many times today, it is so easy for our minds to get caught up on everything and everybody and everywhere and what this person is doing and what that person is doing and what this one posted and what that one commented and what this one said. And everybody's got an opinion about somebody. Everybody's got a word about somebody. Everybody's got something to say about somebody. And, and, and it can cause our minds to get all twisted up. But I want you to draw in your wondering mind today. I want you to know that God doesn't just want your heart, but he wants your head. And the enemy is after our heads today. He's after our heads as it pertains to our thinking. He's after our heads as it pertains to our working. He's after our heads as it pertains to stuff happening around us. But I declare unto you today, I speak the peace of God over your mind. I speak the peace of God over your circumstance. I speak the peace of God over your thinking. I speak the peace of God over every area and fact of your life, that God would touch your head and that God would touch your heart. Why? Because when he touches my heart, I understand, I come to understand uh, not just his nature, but I also, when he touches my head, I begin to also receive his nurture. And I want us to understand in this hour in which we're living in today, uh, we must not just have our hearts change, but our heads must also be transformed. Glory to God. And so notice now in Acts chapter 27, moving swiftly. That's right. Tell them yes. Moving swiftly. In chapter 7, uh, 27, the Bible says, and some were on planks and others on the pieces of the ship, but they were brought safely to land. I want somebody to just type it in and declare this and say, I made it on broken pieces. Come on here. I made it on broken pieces. What do you mean? Uh, they had a promise from God that they were going to get to their destination. The ship begins to break up. The ship begins to fall apart. They have to offload some cargo. But in the end, despite the ship breaking apart, some on pieces, they still made it to land. And I want to say to us today that the last three and a half years have been a season of shipwreck. 
All of our ships have been wrecked. We've all had a titanic experience because something in our lives felt as if it was sinking. Who am I preaching to today? But notice the grace of God. God made the apostle a promise. And his promise was you're going to get to land. Even though the ship has to break up. Even though some cargo has to be dropped off. Even though some things have to be let go. You're going to make it to land. And I hear the Lord telling me to tell someone this morning. You're going to make it to land. Even though it seems like all this other stuff is trying to come in your way. All this other stuff is trying to come in all this commotion and frustration but I'm coming to tell you today by the power of God you're going to make it to land and the Bible says in Acts chapter 28 verse number 1 when they had reached safety when they had reached safety there is safety in obedience and we can't allow the shipwreck to cause us to forget the safety that comes in the will of God I may be going through a shipwreck experience I might look at my bank account and it might not look the way I want it to look. I might look at my work experience. It may not look the way I want it to look. Someone here might be wrestling with trying to change jobs or trying to start new careers or trying to work with difficult employees or trying to hire new contracts. And sometimes you get in a moment in which things begin to get challenging, in which things begin to get hard, in which things begin to get rough. But I came to tell you, you made it on broken pieces. This is your day of graduation. Congratulations, congratulations, congratulations. What am I what am I being congratulated about? I'm being congratulated because I reached safety. I didn't allow the shipwreck to shipwreck me. It might I might have lost the boat, but I didn't lose myself. And sometimes we lose circumstances. We lose people. We lose things. We lose environments. And we sometimes think that we also lose ourselves. But I want to remind you today... Hold on to your hope. Hold on to your promises. Hold on to that which God has established and ordained. Glory to God. Come on, let's go a step deeper. So notice, notice the first thing we see is the brokenness. The brokenness. The brokenness. The ship breaks apart. Ship breaks apart. So they're coming out of a broken situation. If we can be honest today, many of us are coming out of broken situations, broken circumstances, broken issues, broken seasons in which promises were made that were not kept. Not sure who this word is for, but broken circumstances, broken situations, promises that were made that were not kept. And I want to minister to you today and let you know that just because you were in a broken place does not mean that everything about you needs to be thrown away. God has a way of turning that which is broken into a blessing. God has a way of turning that which is impossible into possibility. God has a way of turning that which seems inanimate, that which seems unable, that which seems irregular. God has a way of turning that around for transformation. And so the first thing we see in this text is the brokenness. <clears throat> 
I want you to say this with me. I might have been broken, but it's not over yet. Something might have been broken in my life, but it's not over yet. They had come out of a broken situation. And yet, after that, we come and the Bible says, the natives showed us an unusual kindness. Since it had begun to rain, it was cold. They kindled a fire and welcomed all of us around it. The Apostle Paul gathers a bundle of sticks, a brushwood, and was putting it on the fire when a viper, when a snake viper driven out of the heat fastened itself on its hand. And notice here, we move from the brokenness, secondly, to the bite. We move from the brokenness, secondly, to the bite. And I want to ask you this morning, what are some things that have bit you? <laughs> what are some areas that have bit you? Sometimes it almost feels as if life itself is a viper that has a way of latching itself on our heads. And we understand that this is tremendous because in Genesis 3.15, the seed plot, we understand that there's a promise that while the serpent would bruise the heel, that God would allow the head to be broken. And so we even understand, the uh, Bible tells us in the gospel according to John, uh, it is a recapitulation of what happens in the wilderness as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. And so we understand that any time we see a viper, any time we see a snake, God is going to bring the victory outside of what begins to happen. And notice now, notice now, they had a culture of superstition. The brokenness, secondly, the bite. They had a culture of superstition. Verse 4 says, when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, this man must be a murderer, must be a murderer. Though he has escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. How many times do we assume things on people we don't even know? How many times do we assume things on people we don't even know? And that's why we have to be very careful about assumptions. Because we tend to make assumptions on people we don't even know. But notice here, uh, they, they, they thought he was a murderer. They thought there was superstition involved. They thought there were problems involved. But notice the train of the text. Bible says uh, that it looks at this moment, they're trying to figure out who this is. And notice how quick they change, how quick they change. It always amazes me how fast a person and people can change their mind about you. At first they were kind to them. One situation. And they began to say, he must have killed somebody. He must have hurt somebody because of what they saw. Uh, they, 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 they base something based off of what they saw. Come here, let's go a step deeper. But God was getting ready to bring them out of superstition into the supernatural. I'm going to say it again. God was bringing them out of superstition into the supernatural. And this is the difference between instinct and insight. I want you to get this. This is the difference between instinct and insight. 
what, what we have to understand in verse number four, uh, when they were looking and said, this man must be a murderer, they are reacting by instinct. I'm going to stop for a second. They are reacting by instinct. Instead of, Chelsea, responding by insight. And there's a difference. I want to park here for a minute. There's a difference between instinct and insight. Because everything that becomes instinctual is not always true. <laughs> uh, by instinct today and testosterone, any male can become, uh, uh, can father a child. But it takes insight to be a parent. Why? Because being a parent is a decision. So there's a difference between instinct and insight. And many times we're reacting by instinct instead of responding by insight. So I want to ask you a question. Are we, are you, am I reacting or responding to change? Am I reacting or responding to change? If I'm making sense, just say you're making sense, Bishop. Don't get quiet on me. If this is making sense, just say you talk back to me, somebody. And so first thing we see is the brokenness. Secondly, we see the bite. But thirdly, let's look at verse 5. It says, he shook off the beast. He shook off the creature, shook off the viper into the fire and suffered no harm. Shook off the viper and felt no harm. Some of the church fathers had said that this viper is indicative of sin and how sin tries to latch on to us. How evil tries to latch on to us. How the wrong spirits tried to latch on to us. Others have argued that this was a picture of spiritual warfare. And I want to submit to you today that for many of us, it's almost as if there's been a python spirit. It's almost been as if there's been a viper trying to attach itself to you, trying to attach itself to your family, trying to attach itself to circumstances around you. And when it latches on to you, it almost feels helpless. But I declare to you, I prophesy to you today that God is releasing that thing in the name of Jesus. And I declare to you in the name of Jesus that there is no python, that there is no demon, there is no witchcraft, there is no wolf and no Ouija, none of that mess can stop the plan and purpose of God on your life whom God has blessed God has blessed. And I speak a blessing over every area of your life today. And I declare in the name of Jesus that he's moving from house to house and from moment to moment and from family to family and from circumstance to circumstance. Even in our virtual campus today, whatever it is you're believing God for, you're moving from brokenness to a bite and also to a blessing. I'll never forget 10 years ago, one of the challenges uh, that I was working through, my grandfather had passed away. I'm closing now. And after my grandfather had passed, my aunt had passed. And after my aunt had passed, my cousin had passed. And so in that one year, my grandfather died. And then his sister died. And his first cousin died. And I'll never forget that, Sister Tate, because I was on my way to Alabama to bury my aunt, to go with my family to bury my aunt. And all of a sudden, 
something bit me on the back of my head. I had a bite on the back of my neck and I'll never forget it. It was a spider that had bit me. So I guess you could call me Spider-Man. Something had bit me and it had so infected my neck. My neck was swollen and it began to open up. And I'll never forget my grandmother, my late grandmother looking at me. You need to go to the hospital. You need to go to the hospital. I said, no, mother, I'm all right. I had to preach. And so I put the bandaid over my neck and went and preached anyway. I waited Oh, about two weeks before I went to the doctor. Talk about the grace of God. My grandmother kept saying, you need to go to the doctor. But I had so much going on. I wanted to wait till I got back to my primary care doctor. And I'll never forget going to the doctor. The doctor looked at the back of my neck and said, how long have you had this? I said, two weeks. They said, well, we'll give you some antibiotics. They said, but uh, uh, you, didn't, you didn't pass out at all? I said, no. They said, what were you doing? I said, I was preaching. You mean to tell us you couldn't stop that entire time? I said, no, I wasn't stopping. And what I realized is uh, the infection had gotten so bad, it could have uh, be created sepsis and it could have died. But even in that moment, the grace of God from a bite turned into a blessing. And I want to say to somebody today, life may have bit you. Circumstances may have bit you. Situations may have bit you. Problems may have bit you. But what appears to be a bite is actually just a blessing. And the Bible says, as I close this message, the Bible says that Paul begins to shake off the creature into the fire and suffers no harm. And I want to submit to you today that God wants you to shake off some stuff. I was in prayer yesterday and I heard, hallelujah, I heard the Spirit of God say to me that you're getting ready to, we're getting ready to enter into a season of new beginnings. And then I checked the calendar and realized that in two days we're moving into August and eight is indicative of new beginnings. Somebody just declare and say a new beginning, a new beginning. And so what am I shaking off today? This morning we're going to shake off frustration. This morning we're going to shake off broken promises. This morning we're going to shake off anger. This morning we're going to shake off disappointment. This morning we're going to shake off hurt. This morning we're going to shake off everything that's not like God. Somebody just says shake it off. We got to shake off that beast. We got to shake off that viper that tries to hinder and tries to hamper the purposes of God. You got to shake off negativity. You got to shake off circumstances. You got to shake off stuff that's trying to hold you back because God is positioning you for a new beginning. This is the moment in which I'm trying to calm down, but I feel the power of the Holy Ghost and I hear God telling me to tell you, shake it off, shake it off, shake it off, shake it off, shake off the labels, shake off the stuff, shake off the things that others tried to do on you. Shake it off. And receive the promises of God. And the Bible says he shook off the beast and felt no harm. Verse number six, <laughs> verse number six said they were expecting him to swell up mm, or drop dead. But after they had waited a long time and saw that nothing had happened to him, they changed their minds. And beloved, I want to submit to you today, saints, that when God gets finished with you, <laughs> he's going to enable you to move from a bite to a blessing. 
<laughs> and when God gets finished with you, those who had an assumption about you are going to change their minds. It's amazing how they changed their minds three times in the text. The first time was when they were kind. The second time when they accused him of murder. But then the third time when he came off scot-free, they began to realize that there was something special about this moment. But I heard Jesus say in Mark chapter 16, and these signs shall follow them that believe they shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover and I speak recovery over you today and even and I, I love this part but this is the part we don't sometimes realize and even the Bible says and if they drink if they pick up snakes in their hands or if they drink any deadly things it will not hurt them. And when they lay hands on the sick it shall recover. So what was Paul doing? All Paul was doing was exercising his authority. And I declare today I speak over you new prophetic authority. Don't let the enemy muzzle your mouth. Don't let the enemy cause you to have prophetic laryngitis. But open up your mouth toward God and say, God, I bless you. God, I worship you. I'm preaching this morning, feel a little hoarse in my voice, but I'm going forth in Jesus' name because I understand that the power is not in me. The power is in the Spirit of God. The power is in the power of God. The power is in the presence of God. God and God sent me to tell you shake it off shake it off and watch God move in and through your life Lord I've done what you told me to do I said what you told me to say now confirm this word with signs and wonders following thank you for ministering to the hearts of your people Thank you for bringing healing. Thank you for bringing deliverance. Thank you for bringing transformation. Thank you for shaking off the old. Shaking off the old. Shaking off the old. So that we might receive the new. Shaking off the old. Come on, shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. My mother's godmother, Dorothy Norwood, would say, shake, 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 shake the devil. Shake it off. Shaking off the old. That we might receive the new. And we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name we do pray. Thank God. And amen. If you're not saved today, out of the ark of safety this fifth Sunday, we offer Christ to you. He died 2,000 years ago. That you might live and have access to the kingdom of God. Come to Jesus, wherever you are, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, he will save you. He will deliver you. And he will set you free. Bible says very simply, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. That he is your Savior and Lord. And you as a confess with your mouth and believe with your heart. That he is Jesus the Christ. Your Savior. And you are saved. Salvation does not happen overnight. But we come into a greater understanding. Of who God is. We want to prepare ourselves for giving. This is the fifth Sunday. It's the last Sunday of this month. 
And there are some tremendous things that we're going to do. We're not giving to need today. We're giving to vision. One of the things I want to share with you, one of the things on my heart today uh, is to be a blessing to a family. There's a family that we have in need. And we want to be a blessing to them. Uh, newlywed couple that have uh, just had a child and uh, they mentioned the need and we want, as a ministry, we want to be a blessing to them. It's all about heart. And so I want you to partner me, partner with me today to be a blessing to them. They both lost their jobs and are in need of some assistance with their child. We want to be a blessing to them as well. God bless you. I'm glad this word resonated. Uh, but uh, in our tithe and offering today, uh, we have three major ways in which we give. First is Cash App, dollar sign, Global Fire Now. Secondly is through our website, globalfirenow.com. Thirdly is through Zelle, globalfirenow at gmail.com. All of these are major ways in which we give. I want to read a testimony to you very quickly uh, before we conclude our service today. I want to read a testimony as you're preparing your hearts to give. I want to stir your faith with this. And I'm going to read it again next Sunday as well because it's very powerful. I want, I'm asking for everyone, uh, we know our tithe is what we give, 10% of what we receive. Our offering of that which we give unto the Lord. Again, as I did last week, I want to thank you for responding. We have some major facility things that we need to take care of for our campus, which enables us to do all that we do. And so I'm asking as well for a heart for the house uh, building fund uh, because we want to close this month out strong. Amen. We don't want to go into the new month with any remaining debt uh, for everything to be transformed and taken care of by the word of the Lord. And I want to say to you, because many of you worship with us virtually uh, and you're blessed, uh, even doesn't matter the size of your seed. It matters the size of your faith. It is not equal uh, giving, but equal sacrifice, not equal giving but equal sacrifice. Dollar sign, Global Fire Now, our website, globalfirenow.com, our Zell, globalfirenow at gmail.com. I want to read this. This came from Sister Green from Canada. Uh, I want y'all to hear this testimony real quick, and then we're going to close. Uh, bless you, Bishop. I'm grateful I found your church during the start of the pandemic. I remember I watched one of your teachings through Lady Adara's page and I was following you online. This is a tape. This is a powerful testimony. Uh, I had my breakthrough from one of your teachings. You were praying about dead dreams and I felt the Holy Spirit encouraging me to agree with you. And I started crying. I wept loudly and you said you could feel someone getting their breakthrough. So this proved to me that you are a man of God. So I followed you. I was in a season where nothing was happening for me. I fasted and prayed because I took the nursing school entrance exam twice and kept failing by one point. Those around me kept encouraging me, saying it's not yet my time. God gave me a vision of me being successful on the third try. I won't share this testimony. But I was so burnt out from trying, I felt like giving up on trying again for nursing school. Even though I felt God pushing me, I told him I'm giving up. He even sent random strangers on the street to ask if I was a nurse because I looked like one. So to make a very long testimony short, I'm grateful for both you and Lady Adarn. You've prayed for me and gave me hope again. And I finally got into a nursing school. And I saw the Lord's hand on my life throughout the entire program. It is an amazing sight. I was always labeled an underachiever. I was, always, I was also told I have a learning disability in the nursing program. But God broke that label. Hallelujah. And gave me a new name. 
now I am a licensed nurse and will be continuing my studies this September. But as I stated earlier, I believe in God for some more things, so please pray for my strength. I don't doubt him. He's done too much for me. God bless you, Bishop, and thanks again. Can we thank God for that testimony? Hallelujah. Can we thank God that he's moving in our midst and moving in the hearts and minds of his people? I want, again, as we close out today, I want to speak a blessing over your seed. Every seed matters. And it is even from, it's not the size of it, because I've seen uh, as small as a dollar, five dollars, doesn't make a difference. But even from small seeds, trees grow. From small seeds, trees grow. And I want you all to come into agreement. We are changing lives. This is a ministry that's changing lives. And we're called to teach the word and touch the world. Father, I bless you for every gift. Come on in, saints. I'm going to give you another moment to give it. Some of you will give it on the replay. I'm going to give you a moment. We see them coming in. Father, I thank you for every gift. I thank you for blessing every gift today. I thank you for touching the hearts of your people. I thank you for moving supernaturally. I thank you <clears throat> not for equal giving, but for equal sacrifice. And I thank you for moving on our behalf this day. And I bless you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May his countenance be with you. And may he give you his peace. Shake it off and watch God do the impossible for you. The Lord bless you. We love you. Expect greater. See you this Tuesday night in Jesus' name.